Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakadia, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of January 21st, 2022. I'm your host, Ken, and with me we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And that's it. Once again, uh, Luna is probably just having a mild panic attack right now just by mentioning her name. (laughs) Yeah, she's been really busy as of late but we miss her and uh, we look forward to when she's able to come back yes 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 but with that what have you been listening to as of late gray oh me i have been listening to a smattering of different things um mostly boy group stuff honestly i i I have (laughs) as as i texted you last night the 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 boy group bug (laughs) because I, I don't know. Like, that's just what I want to hear. I want to hear that good, deep male vocalization and harmony. Uh, so, you know. I don't know about deep with some of your choices. <laughs> I, no, that's true, too. That's very true, too. <laughs> but, uh, well, like, like, I have, when, when I first heard uh, the first recommendation, I was like, really? <laughs> really? I, you know, yeah, yeah. Really? Really? Uh, so, yeah, I, I've been listening to. I, I went back and I've been listening to the beat garden and really really liking their latest album which came out at the end of last year called afterglow this is a spectacular album from top to bottom and everything in between i just it's fantastic stuff uh and uh i will say um stay tuned because we'll be talking about them again (laughs) in in a future episode (laughs) really (laughs) really Uh, I have been listening to Up and Down, which is the Generations from Exile Tribe latest album. Uh, I've had that on repeat. <laughs> like that's just that that can't it just does not leave my my ears long enough. Uh, I it's hard for me to move away from that. And uh, I I was listening to this week's MC, which we will get into. Um, she is absolutely fantastic and been loving every second with her. I was still listening to Boyfriend by Shirose because. I really like that track, even though, my God, my God, man, <laughs> like the thirst, it's real, it's real. So, uh, yeah, uh, other than that, not too much, uh, it's, it's just, yeah, it's mostly just been up and down and afterglow. Uh, what have you been listening to, my bud? Uh, I've been listening to a whole giggle of things. First of all, I've been listening to uh, good old Hikaru Utada's l- latest album that just got released, which is called Bad Mode, and it's a uh, it's, it's it's a trip. All right, it's very interesting. Like certain things, specifically with that album, come hithers with um, classic Utada, but there's one or two things that is just something is off, like. I would love to do a deep dive into this album sooner or later, but just like upon first listens, I'm like, I'm enjoying the album, but there is one or two things that is just a little off with certain songs. And I mean, that goes double with the titular song, Bad Bad Mode. I think that song is fantastic. It's just that the ending, I don't think it needed to have been the ending. <laughs> and it's very interesting, the the type of uh, style that she is going for now but I mean certain of it it's a light it's a nice mixture of a little bit of both though uh, I was I was gonna ask for her new album is it if you're like a you know like me if more of a fan of her older style than her new one is it worth listening to checking out and listening to well I mean I would say always listen to her stuff to kind of just be in the zeitgeist um, but uh, like, that, that's fair. That's fair. Like, for, for me, like I said, I would love to do a deep dive into this album sooner or later. Because upon first impressions, I'm like, it's it's alright. I understand what she's trying to do. And you can kind of tell the way that she's... Or what she's heading towards. And it's good for her style and what she can do for the industry. And what's very interesting also is technically the the picture that she used for the digital cover at least is is at her house because you can see her son in the frame as well. So so you can tell that this technically this album was made during this era because of just how everything was. 
but besides that i've been also listening to eerie her latest single Martin Roll, which is absolutely fantastic. I would highly recommend that. Also, Life Still Goes On by Awesome City Club. Their new latest single is fantastic. Not everyone's probably going to compare it to Wasudena at, to this point and on because that's the song that probably put them on the map. But for me, Awesome City Club has always been a solid group overall. I've been also listening to Kaho Nakamura with her latest single, Goodbye Claire. She is a very interesting vocalist, which I also would like to do a music corner on eventually, but I know that certain styles would be a, a thing. You Raise Me Up for Exile Atsushi. It's basically You Raise Me Up, but in a Japanese flair, so in, in Japanese. So if you want to hear a Japanese version of You Raise Me Up, that is it's, it's great. And... Exile Atsushi is a fantastic vocalist. Also, Harumi, our latest music corner, her her newest album by Heartbeat is absolutely fantastic. And I'm pretty sure that you probably found your new favorite song done by her right now. Great. <laughs> uh, maybe it's 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 possible. No, yeah, it's probably my my favorite. It's got uh, it's got my boy. It's it's a good thing that you know we didn't cover my heartbeat originally when we are doing music corner. Otherwise, it will just derail into that <laughs> lovely topic. <laughs> I, I would I would try to keep it off off that. Although my ability to control myself is god awful. So yeah. <laughs> well, not only that, it's because we'll be talking about her collapse song, and it it just derails into that sometimes. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. And then the duo of Monoclove with their latest single, Salvation. Granted, the the CD version isn't released until the end of February, but the teaser for the uh, the anime version that it's attached to is out right now, and I've been kind of liking what I'm hearing right now, so I can't wait to hear the total version of it. So, But... Uh, that and Music Corner, obviously, because it is my Music Corner, but it's a lot of things right here. Oh, I also need to add that Showmore's Jazz Attitude Velvet 1 with their single Velvet is absolutely fantastic. I, I think for modern jazz and neo-jazz, it's what Showmore is doing as of late is absolutely fantastic. And it's it's kind of sad that they didn't really hook you back then, Greg, because I think their, their stuff that they're doing now is just amazing. And, you, you know, just because they didn't hook me back then doesn't mean I can't go back and revisit them. When we did the roundup, you weren't a fan of them either. <laughs> and you said that now featuring Syrup was their best song. <laughs> But yeah, speaking on that topic, let's continue on to that lovely topic as well. And this week we are talking about which kind of music composers, specifically game composers, have we kind of really liked over the years. Both me and you are of gamers of sorts, so this is a a wonderful topic to kind of go on about. We're going to specifically talk about the music of the games. I'm putting that preference out there because I am going to cut you off if you talk about any of these games. <laughs> fair enough. That's very fair. <laughs> so, but I, I will start. And obviously, if you listen to the Potosaurus episode, or not even the Potosaurus episode, the the finale of Potosaurus version 1.0 was technically on this show with the show of what game soundtrack is probably our absolutely favorite soundtrack. And I had to be remiss if I didn't mention Nobuo Uemetsu in that talk. And obviously, if I'm going to talk about composers, for both of us, Uemetsu is in that in that sphere of influence, obviously, with Final Fantasy. But I would like to say, you know, after his departure, you know, Takeharu Ishimoto is a very close second to me, especially with Final Fantasy, or just Square in general. Mostly because his main work on the Dissidia series, the Kingdom Hearts series, and the World Ends With You series is probably one of the best synth work or synthesizer work I've ever heard on a modern game soundtrack. 
granted, you know, his breakout role for me was the main composer of Dissidia. That entire soundtrack was something I fell in love with. Whether it be the updated versions of Don't Be Afraid, Those Who Fight Further, and Clash on the Bridge, or Dreadful Fight. You know, the more electronica feel kind of gives a little bit of a new, fresh breath air, so to speak, of its original work while making it its own and not kind of betraying the original stuff. And it's something that I absolutely just fell in love with and a soundtrack that I go back to again and again, no matter what. Yeah, no, Takeharu Ishimoto does uh, really interesting work. I- I'm familiar with his work because uh, I played Crisis Core and he is he was the one of the composers for that yeah and that that's a great game i I loved crisis core that that and the soundtrack for that is really good and uh one of the things that um the world ends with you now that's it's a game i've never really been able to get into but one of the things it's really known for is its soundtrack and that's very uh, surprising because i would figure that you would be someone that would be into that I love the art style, the aesthetic. I even love the story. The story is very fascinating, but the gameplay—I <laughs> like. I tried playing the DS version of the game, and my god, I—I I, I think I, you should play at least the updated version for Switch. Yeah, I, I've thought about that. I've I've thought about that because the the the. Mm, mm, I have a one-track mind, and it it came out in that game where you have to control two people at once. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like I could focus on one or the other, but I couldn't do both, and so. That that's that was my struggle for that, and I've been wanting to to play the updated Switch version because I was really interested in Neo: The World Ends with You. But uh, yeah, no, uh, this is like uh, also uh, Kingdom Hearts: Birth by Sleep is has one of the better Kingdom Hearts soundtracks. I I think personally, uh, I was like I played through that game four times because uh, I played through each of the characters. And I had to replay it. Through, I was going to uh, say you, you kind of have to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will say, I'm, unfortunately, I never picked up Dissidia Final Fantasy. I, I've been told I would love it, and maybe I, maybe I should. I do still have a PS Vita somewhere. Uh, I, th- I laid eyes on it like three weeks ago. It, it, <laughs> I could easily plug it in, and uh, the, the, the PlayStation Store is still uh, going, so I could easily pick it up and play it. Should I? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's a hard task to kind of follow Uemetsu, but you know having one of the other composers do a lot of these side games really kind of built his repertoire up and i think that ishimoto in his own right is probably one of the more successful composers out of square after Uemetsu. yeah 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 and uh he he definitely has uh a a really like like just looking at his his discography he he definitely has a strong legacy and uh it, it is is does he have any upcoming works that he's announced not really i mean his latest work was neo the world ends with you but unless unless kingdom hearts does something again but the, he probably wouldn't be called on from that i mean the the other composer that took over i think it's yoko would probably be doing any progressing Kingdom Hearts stuff, whatever they decide to do with that series. I mean, it sh- should be coming up what they announce for it, because uh, Kingdom Hearts' 20th year is uh, coming up, that's why. But, yeah, you know, another close second composer for me, you know, going away from Square for a bit, is is Daisuke Ishiwatari, and he's probably one of the main composers for Arc System Works, and that whole line of fighting games so anything to deal with guilty gear blaze blue you name it he probably touched it and you talk about a man that can set a mood for a fighting game ishiwatari is that guy <laughs> you know the gu- the guitar riffs that he adds on on his tracks are absolutely fantastic and really can get you know people who really love that genre into that mood of intense battle of what will unfold whether it be you know songs like rebellion lesson or bullet dance you know whatever track i'm listening to i know will hype me up and just when i thought it couldn't be better they made a version two of all those songs for the initial soundtrack for Chrono Phantasma, which is kind of the semi-reboot for that series. 
and it added more stuff that I absolutely love. If if you guys don't want the guitar version, they made a violin version for all the songs and a violin version for Lost and it's absolutely fantastic. So go take a listen to that. Yeah, I I'm not sadly I've never really been into the fighting game, so I'm not too familiar with uh, Daisuke Ishiwatari's work, but. Uh, the I do know how popular the games are that he works on, especially Guilty Gear, uh, and and they're they're pretty well renowned for their soundtracks. Like I hear people complimenting the soundtracks for these for these games all the time. So uh, I I even though I'm not a like, I'm not a fan of the games that he works with, uh, he does have a renown, uh, and uh, he definitely. Uh, is well known so it's nice to see him get some recognition yeah and he he also worked on shrive which everyone just loved the hell out of right from the get-go for its music work but lastly let's move on to my final one and you know while ishimoto's work is more on the sith and electronica side and ishiwatari is more on the rock approach you know both are really nice and really great alternatives for what we would traditionally call a music music soundtrack for games, it'd be really demissive for me not to mention uh, Masashi Hamauzu, who is one of the a he's one of the sole composers for Final Fantasy Thirteen. Which say what you will about that entire game trilogy, the soundtrack is actually really really great, and he's also one of the main composers for Final Se- Fantasy Seven Remake. And if you guys listen to my stint on Potosaurus, we did an entire game breakdown of Final Fantasy VII Remake, the initial release of it at least. And while both me and Lou had various degrees of what we liked and what we didn't like about that game, there was one thing that we always agree on, and that is the music from Remake at least is probably one of the best produced from Square from a long, long time. You got a lot of traditional themes, obviously, like Tifa's theme and Eris theme and One Wing Angel, but it's a lot of the new themes that that Hamauzu introduced, such as Jesse's theme, that really does the effect of humanizing a lot of these characters and really drives what makes Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think, really work overall because of the musical score that that they worked on yeah no uh i I understand the complaints people have with final fantasy 13 believe you me i'm not i don't live in the vacuum i i loved final fantasy 13 i i actually think i played through that game about two or three times so i I was that crazy nut i actually liked the game (laughs) and the the soundtrack for it is amazing Like, like like no one argues that 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 soundtrack is fantastic. No, no matter the quality of the game itself, like everyone loves the Final Fantasy Thirteen soundtrack. It's so especially good. It's, the, especially the battle theme. It's probably yes. one of the brightest spots oh of of that. <laughs> right, like that that battle theme. I, mean, I heard it. I don't know how many times, and it never got old. I I, I loved it. It's actually in my top five Final Fantasy battle themes of all time. I, I absolutely loved it. Sometimes I I would get into fights just so I could hear that battle theme. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, and I did pick up the sequel, uh, and I never got too far in it. And I never I never played Lightning Returns. So I I can't speak to that. But um, the the base Final Fantasy thirteen game I really enjoyed. I thought it was fantastic. And yeah, uh, Masashi. Hama Uzu uh, does uh, did an amazing job with that, and uh, it's still on my to playlist uh, for Final Fantasy VII Remake. But I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I, I just gotta bill out. I just gotta bill out the time, and uh, r- like right now, uh, it, it's I don't. Know, I always feel guilty playing uh, my PlayStation Four because it's on the TV in the living room and. Uh, my wife's not a gamer, and she doesn't want to watch me play video games. So I, sometimes I, I struggle uh, with that uh, a, a little bit. So, so uh, I'll, I'll get around to it soon. Hopefully, that's that's one. Of, it's, 
it's one of my goals to play that relatively soon. Uh, and yeah, I, one game that he 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 did do uh, also, uh, and I, I'm curious if you played this game or not. I I did, uh, and it's uh, Musashi uh, Samurai Legend. Did you ever play that game? Uh, that 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 is a very odd and interesting game, and uh, it, it's uh, it's it's uh, it actually had a really really good uh, soundtrack in it too, and he was one of the composers for that as well. So it's very interesting. It's a 2005 release. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, uh, he 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 does some really good work, and he's been around for pretty good while now and i i'm part of me would like to see him take a crack at another mainline final fantasy title honestly uh yeah well yeah i mean he'll probably be composing part two whatever that may be in 2037 at this point but yeah he'll probably be his work right now is probably going to be with seven remake for the foreseeable future yeah, uh, I, yeah, still, I, I, it, like, I'm assuming there'll be a Final Fantasy 17 at some point, and I, I think it'd be cool to have give him the reins again and see what he could do. I think that would be really cool. Yeah, but at the rate of 16 is going, it's probably going to be another like five years, five six years to say the least. But those are mine. So, what would you say is yours, Gray? Yeah, so for me, uh, one of the first one of the so the first person I I thought of, and I'll, I'll be honest, this is probably the newest uh, person uh, to to my uh, of my favorite Japanese composers, and that is uh, Kechi Okabe, who does the soundtrack for the Near games. Uh, I like I love the soundtrack on all the near near games every one of them is moving and uh really just mystifying i remember the first time when i was in the resistance camp and peaceful sleep came on i didn't even want to move the character <laughs> it's like because because uh I was, I was like i i put the controller down and i just listened to that track uh for uh, f- f- and let it play for a few minutes, and just I remember the the awe that came over me just hearing that, and the you, you know think of what you want near like the near games can get really out there. Uh, I'm not saying that they're not unique and different; they they definitely are, but the soundtracks for all of them are absolutely amazing and just really done really well and Kechi Okabe just does some excellent work on the near series but he he's been a prolific uh composer you know he he got started pretty early on in 1994 and uh just looking at his career it, it's crazy to see like how much he's he's worked on so yeah, I mean, for Keiichi Okabe, he's he was the main composer for Bandai Namco for a long time, so his ands were in drenchly in in the Tekken series, which technically where I know him from. I never, I, I'm not really a fan of the Near series, so the Near soundtrack has no really mainstay for me unfortunately like for me his a lot of his works for me came from his stint in ben and bamco with with tekken and even so caliber and he's done some incredible work from there yeah he yeah he, and he's just one of those he he always comes up with something unique and interesting and uh, everything that he's attached to just is, is known for its music. And, and uh, he also did the um, main theme for Gla- uh, the episode 15 Gladius uh, for Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, so, he, you know, he's, he's really known for his 
say what you will about 15, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say what you will about that game. Uh, but like everything that he's, he's been attached for, like, uh, you know, it's known for how good its music is. And, you know, that's just a testament to his work. And like I said, I, I love the near stuff, uh, because like that is some of the most unique and original soundtrack I've ever heard. And I, I would, I would recommend it to anybody. Um, yeah. to listen to although my wife hates it because <laughs> she's like it's so somber and depressing and I, I, I'm like I, I don't hear that have, have you played me. those games <laughs> they are somber and depressing I, I, I'm not saying that they're not but I, I don't know there's a there's a beauty in it too and uh, I, 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 I love I love his, his work in the near stuff and um uh, my second one is a guy who, if you're an Atlas fan, you're familiar with this dude's work. He he is he was Mr. Atlas for a long time, uh, and now he's just Mr. Persona. But uh, Shoji Meguro. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he uh, ain't Mr. Atlas to me. He's Mr. Persona. <laughs> he, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Just looking at his his um, discography, like. Like early on, like it was, yeah. I mean, I, his first work was Revelations Persona, and but he, you know, he did the um, he he's done a lot of the Shimagami Ten. Like he did Nocturne, uh, he, or he was one of the composers for Nocturne, and uh, uh, he did a De- Devil Saga, Digital Devil Saga Two by himself. But yeah. uh, Persona is, is where what he is known for, and you know, I. I, I have liked every single one of the the games that he's you know especially musically wise the games he's been attached. Now I will say I think Persona Three was peak for me. I, I think uh, Persona 3's soundtrack was absolutely just one of the best soundtracks to ever be conceived for a video game. Uh, I, I absolutely love that soundtrack to death. And I, I know Lotus Juice had a, had a hand in that too. So so, but still, uh, Personas three, four, and five are known for their soundtracks, and everybody loves them. And you know, he's done the soundtrack for you know basically all the Persona games, all the Persona spinoffs, and he's done. Uh, he did. He was one of the composers for Catherine, and. Uh, which is which was really popular too. So Shoji Meguro is just one of those industry. I would say almost an industry legend. Like people know his work, and uh, it, it it really speaks for itself. I I love this guy, and I love the the work that he does. And even though Persona Three is like my probably my favorite, it doesn't mean like I'm. Like one of the things I was really looking forward to when they announced Persona Five was the soundtrack, uh, and whenever they do six, wh- whatever that may be, I'm looking forward to Persona Six soundtrack. So it's like I'm already looking forward to it because Persona is just known. This is one of the one of the things that Persona is known for is the soundtrack, uh, and uh, Shoji Meguro just you know is, is the man behind that, and I think he he just does amazing work. So. Uh, I really love this guy. Yeah, I would have to agree. Like, you know, Persona is known for its soundtrack. And, you know, Shoji Meguro, Meguro-san, he's, he's one of that big pillars of that. And, you know, the fact that, you know, everyone loves 3, 4, and 5 for its soundtrack, it is a testament of that. And also the fact that each for 3, 4, and 5 has a different flair and genre appeal really helps that you know with three being a little bit more of the the neo r&b and that genre with four being more popish and five being obviously the uh, apparently the origins of jazz for some people which is freaking stupid but whatever <laughs> I, I do agree with that statement wait uh what, what can you do you know Everyone knows Persona mostly for its music. And, you know, Megro is a huge part of that. And while I'll, I'll say this much, you know, like you, you said a lot of things that I probably was going to say about Megro. And, you know, with the things that whenever Six comes out, I can't wait to hear what that 
that soundtrack is going to be. Also, I want to hear what genre he's going to be tackling this time around. Because one of the things that I love that the the deeper themes of his soundtracks is that he always chooses a specific genre to spin that soundtrack out of. Which I absolutely love. Because I would love to hear what he has to feel about, especially with now, with the 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 concept of electronica and more of electronic music taking the hedge i would love to kind of hear what is his take is on a digital creator kind of thing oh that would be really cool and and honestly i could see that because uh, you know persona 5 kind of leans into it a little bit and i think persona 6 probably might would lean into this really hard uh is you know the digital age the you know the because uh, you know that's you know that it's, it's what's coming up it's what it's what we're getting ready to go into if we're not already into it and some people would say that we are uh, so yeah. I, w- I would be very interested to see him a tackle an electronic soundtrack I think that would be really cool uh, and yeah. I think I think if there's anybody that could do it with flair it's Shoji Megara uh, yeah because that, yeah that's he, for he darn just, sure yeah like he, he just like he just kills it. But moving on to my last composer, and uh, this is this is one who has been with me since I was a wee lad, and I, I think has played a huge part in not only my life, but I, I would venture to guess Ken's life as well, uh, because I mean, you know, this is go, goes back to your childhood pretty much, and that is Junichi Masuda, who is the amazing. Video game composer for the Pokemon franchise. Uh, he, well, I mean, like, not only the composer at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's done so much. He's done so much with uh, Pokemon that it, it's just absolutely ridiculous. Just looking at his discography. Just look, looking at his discography, like it is crazy, like how much um, he is ingrained in the Pokemon DNA. It, it, it's absolutely crazy, uh, and with good reason. Like his, like you know, he he crafted classic tunes that you know, uh, you know. Sometimes, like when we're playing D and D, any combat music, I'll, I'll put on I'll, I'll put on the Pokemon um, fight music because you know. I'll, that's, I'll- this is classic. Here, here's another topic I want to toss up here. Which, which fight, or which fight music is technically your favorite? Uh, I know this is probably a cheap one, but probably just like the original. Mm. It's, the, it's the one that personally, I to. personally, I like Johto, but I specifically like the gym battle one. Yeah, uh, the gym battle ones are really. The gym battle ones are really, really good. I, I remember. I say this because, uh, for for me personally, when I played Gold and Silver, I played in Japanese. Back when I didn't know any single Japanese like a sense, so trying to decipher it on the fly when you're like nine years old was always amazing. <laughs> that, that and obviously, sounds a little fun. <laughs> oh yeah, I beat I beat gold I beat gold with uh, in Japanese. And that was uh, something. Without knowing any Japanese, which is fun too. Back in the, back in the day too, when like there was like little to no like guides or the internet at the age, well, always yeah, no. fun. Especially especially when I had a Geo dude that knew not only self destruct but explosion, and I didn't know I had those moves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that 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 would be interesting. Yeah, because that was my thought is. You know, back in the first one and two generations, like, y- your moves, like, you, you didn't know what they did. Uh, like, you had to use them to see, you know, see what they would do. Uh, but, you know, there wasn't, like, you know, on the move screen, like, there was, like, oh, this this is what this does. Oh, this is what this does. Like, you know, that came in later generations. Uh, yeah, it's trial and, and error. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one and two. Uh, I, rem- I remember the, f- the first game, when I when I just got the game, uh, uh, Red and Blue, I would... I was playing. I was playing with a friend who had already been in the game. I would be like, "Hey, this Pokemon wants to learn this ability. Should he learn it?" Because <laughs> like I didn't know yeah. what it did. Like like I didn't know what mirror move did. So it's like, uh, is this a good move or not? So yeah, but uh, yeah, 
uh, Junichi Masuda just uh, like the like any t any Pokemon game, any Pokemon track you can think of. Uh, you know, he he's the he's the brainchild behind it, and uh, you know, I I I find myself in my day to day life just you know humming the Pokemon center theme song <laughs> oh yeah i mean that that's just iconic at this point yeah yeah it's just so ingrained in my soul i was like i was like oh my gosh uh i i, I love that tune though I, I love that tune uh and uh the the different iterations on it are are always interesting but you know just going back to the classic is what i love this the and you know the 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 thing about like red and uh, red and blue specifically, or green and blue, or depending on like what re or was it green and red? Uh, I don't remember. I know green. It was red and blue and green, green and red. But then they green made and red. blue. Yeah. Uh, so it. Uh, but like you know those those tracks you know were are just like that is my childhood. It's just like and I I love it to death. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to you know whatever the next Pokemon game is. I'm assuming he'll be the the lead composer on that bad boy, and you know we'll see what kind of music and stuff that he, uh, he does. Uh, and uh, you know the, the fact that he, you know Pokemon's been a thing now since. 96 like it's, you know we're and like we're getting close to the 20 year mark no we're over 20 years of pokemon and he's he, you know, or he's 25 still, yeah well we're uh, we're yeah we are 25. Uh, last year last year was 25 that's why the whole big thing of legend arceus yeah yeah <laughs> uh yep yeah, yep yeah. so yeah no uh, like my gosh man that that that's a great legacy and uh, it'll be interesting to see. You know, with that, let's move on to Music Corner here. And this week I have the lovely reigns of introducing an artist to y'all. And this week I decided to choose the wonderful vocalist that is uh, Little Black Dress. And, you know, she is a singer-songwriter from Okayama Prefecture that kind of got her start back in 2016. You know, she's strongly influenced by, you know, the songs that she grew up to and is a very unique guitarist that kind of established a new style of branding dub Kayo Rock with the theme of Hidden Happiness from Kayo Koku, which is, you know, translated from to modern J-pop. She also wanted to convey that Kayokoku is, you know, Japanese culture, so to speak, and uh, would use that as a kickoff. And she expected as a, you know, a Reiwa spin of things. So her whole thing is that she wants to make music for Reiwa done by someone who was born in Heisei, who was influenced by Showa era of music so kind of having you know all three of the modern japanese eras all into one thing and you know back then when she did move from okayama to to tokyo she did meet creative director mitsuo shindo who started this project of little black dress with her and you know one of the things that i absolutely love about this project is you know she was everything that i kind of really wanted Sayaka Yamamoto to be you know she had a very strong rock background and an absolutely amazing vocalist that could just blend genres instantly you know she really stands out and she really breaks the mold of what it means to be a girl with a guitar that a lot of artists do fall into from this era whether it be you know the the poppy feel of the song Amega Koi Gokoro um, Aishu no Melkor, or the more cool blue styling of Shiawase ni Narita, uh, Naritano Natsu Dakare no Glider. You know, Little Black Dress really shows, you know, there's no range that she can't really achieve or, or reach, that she isn't really afraid of experimenting, if possible, for that, for that goal to be reached as well. And, you know, I wanted to really see how you would really like her, Gray, because 
you know, I know how, especially with female vocalists, because you're not really a huge up and up with female vocalists. You're mostly more of a a boy band kind of a kind of guy. I kind of really wanted to see how you would well I'd like her first of all if you did. Yeah, no, Little Black Dress was phenomenal. I absolutely dug her. Uh, you know, the first track I listened, I heard by her was her mirror track on her Uki Yota album, which is relatively recent. That just dropped. Uh, and yeah. uh, that's one, that's a, it's a really good album. I think there's like one track on there I, I didn't care for. But other than that, it's a really solid album on a whole. But Mirror, I loved. And... Uh, one of the things that I really like about Little Black Dress is I actually love her vocals. I, I think they're really fantastic. And the, her vocal styles, to me, really remind me of what I would call a lounge singer. And yeah. uh, her, to me, like that's, that's kind of her style. And I know she's kind of like doing like the girl with the guitar sort of thing. Uh, but if if to me she sounds like a just like a really good lounge singer and she has like some really interesting compositions she she works with. Uh, they're not all pseudo jazz style songs. Although I think Mirror is a, like a pseudo jazz style song. But uh, no, I absolutely love her. I think she has a great voice, uh, nice smooth smoky vocals that really just really pull you in. Uh, I. I hit the plus sign on her Uki Yota album, and uh, I was listening to it this week and absolutely enjoying it. And I, I remember I was listening to it last week as well and really in- enjoyed that. Uh, she just is really, really good. And she's got some uh, some singles that are also really good, uh, like uh, uh, Ameto uh, Koi Go Koro is really good uh and that's her latest single uh i really like that one a lot too so uh this is a fantastic choice and uh she's definitely going to be an artist i keep an eye on was already looking for artists similar to her uh and because <laughs> uh, I, I liked her that much uh, but uh, what's, what's funny is you know obviously one of the similar artists that she is paired with is Mishia, which would make sense with the lounge singing. But the reason, you know, how she got found between, you know, from when she moved over and meeting with uh, Mitsuyo Shindo is the fact that she actually placed in a Mishia song contest, and that's how she got found. And she did a collab song with Mishia, I want to say right around the time that she started and that was like a dream come true for her so oh that's really cool yeah i and i can see that uh because misia's you know got that uh similar vocal style and i i could easily see you know the comparisons between those two so yeah i, I like little black dress and uh, uh i i'm really looking forward to seeing what she does next and, you know, one of the things that I really do appreciate is, like, you know, hey, we're saying about all these things about uh, genre blending is, you know, you can't really categorize her in one specific genre because she kind of goes around. But the fact that she goes around and is able to kind of hit all those notes is absolutely fantastic, in my personal opinion. Yeah, no, she's able to, uh, because she dips her toes in a couple of different genres, uh, but, you know, a lot of the songs that she she does in those different genres, she really makes her voice fit. Uh, and, I yeah. mean, she makes it sound very natural and very easy and smooth, almost like she, you know, she's a pro. Uh, and she's really just getting started. Uh, so it, it, it'll be interesting to see where she is uh, in two or three releases, you know, you know, especially albums like two or three albums later, you know what what she's what she's doing, because um, she she has the ability to flex, and I'm really curious to see if she takes advantage of that. Uh, that is kind of what I'm interested in seeing. But yeah, uh, yeah, you know, the future is very bright for her, and I honestly really can't wait to see what's in store for her. Uh, yeah, no, I, I completely agree, and uh, I am looking forward to to it because uh, yeah, she's she's got really good vocals, and uh, she's just a very accomplished singer. So I, I think uh, she can go 
far uh, with what she's got. Yeah, that that's for darn sure. But yeah, you know, Little Black Dress has currently, she has six singles as the time of recording from 2020 to 2021. And obviously, you know, we did talk about the album uh, Ukiota and 2021. But yeah, be sure to check out on our site, you know, her official website, her Twitter and her Instagram, along with the music video for the track Ameto Koigo Koro on our site as well. But yeah, you know, with that, let's continue continue on to the oh, the Oricon here, and <laughs> you talk about rough weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a good week. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Yeah, to say the least. But you know, it it is a week regardless. Let's start off with the first new song. It is What Dot Dot by the Korean group Kepler. Now, this is a newly debuting Korean group, even in Korea. So the the fact that it appeared on the chart at all for the Japanese side is A, really telling where this particular group is probably going to head fairly soon, and B, what slow this week was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Lord. This is... This is very... I, I don't know how to feel about Wadada at all. It well, is, it's everything where both me and you don't like about K-pop all in one. <laughs> they they, they managed to literally hit everything me and you do not like about K-pop in one singular song. It's magical, almost. <laughs> it's, it's like, man, you know, what what can we do to piss off Ken and Gray from Ongaku to you specifically? <laughs> uh, th- this song is it. This song Song is definitely it. Oh it's my. it's very difficult to a get into and be love, <laughs> man. And you know, hey, more power to K-pop fans. Like y'all can enjoy that. However, because of the fact that it does appear on the chart, we have to talk about it. And I'm, I really, really don't like this song, personally. And that's not even it being in Korean aside. If this was song was sung in Japanese, which we'll get to down the line of uh, of something of this similar genre, I would probably not like it as well. Yeah, the, the, this song, there's I don't know. There's an obnoxious quality to it, just to me. I'm like, my lord, uh, the language it's in has very little to do with it. It sounds like it's all over the place. And almost unfocused. It's just. I mean, that, that's yeah. what modern K-pop is at right now, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just like, like Wada Wada just feels like the the like the embodiment of throwing spaghetti at a wall and seeing what sticks in a song. Yeah, and I you just, know, I don't like that. Like I said, like I said, more power to them. They can do whatever they want, and they'll see gangbusters from Japan, and we'll probably hear this eventually in America too, unfortunately. But just how K-pop is right now. But personally, I'm just like, ooh, this is a big oof. If say what you will about K-pop and things like that, and you know what the fans will say, the how that specific industry is going from you know us looking outside in it's very telling of what uh, it what k-pop is right now modern k-pop is which is just flash in the pan kind of stuff yeah it it, it's very much spectacle it's 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 spectacle and flash in the pan things and i can't there's no there's no substance so to speak it's like eating one chicken nugget and just being like yeah that's great <laughs> regardless Wanada sold a wonderful 17,795 points here and going on up to number 9 it is see hey send by back number not much what we can say if you want to hear our reflections about it again you can listen to last week's episode this week it sold a wonderful 18,893 points here Going on up to number 8, it is Kaibutsu and Yashisi Suisei. Once again, not much we can really say about this. Uh, we That hasn't been said already. This week, it sold a lovely 20,043 points here. And going on up to number 7, it is Dry Flower by Yuri. 
Also, not much we can say here <laughs> that hasn't been said beforehand. This week, it sold a lovely 20,514 points here. Going on up to number 6, it is Nandemonai Yo by Macaroni and Pizza. If you want to hear our updated views about it, you can re-listen to last week's episode once again. Not really much more we can say about that. This week, it sold a lovely 23,469 points here. And going on up to number 5, it is Headshot by the lovely Black Iris. This is their debut single. And, you know, this is one of the times that I really do miss having Luna with us. Because, personally, I think this group is more for her than it is for us. Yeah, this is definitely more a Luna track. I I will agree with you on that, Ken. But, I will say, well, I did not like Headshot, and I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the rest of their Headshot release, which is, there's, like, four other songs on here. Uh, like, I hear, like, some potential in their stuff, and I think if they, um, if they do something just a little different, I, I think they'd be really good. Uh, maybe trim it up a bit, but right now, like headshot specifically, just sounds like discount exile, if that. Yeah, I mean that's that's what this particular shot they're trying to do here. You yeah, know? but you know, calling them discount exile isn't really a uh, a fair thing to them. That's like saying other other stuff from Stardust is just a a rejected wannabe Johnny's to be um, honest. I mean I guess it's fair. Uh it's just like head like headshot just to me it just sounds like they're, like they're trying to go for that that like like that exile tribe like um that like market, just, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly there's not much Japanese talent that is hitting that market. To be honest, I I think Black Iris has, like I said, they have potential. I did not like Headshot, but um, you know, you I can hear a little bit in Headshot that I do like. Like uh, I think like their vocals work really well. I think uh, you know, given the right composition and the like the right style, I think like they could be really good. So like, so like I, I call I call them Discount Exile. But I, I think they could do something really cool and special. Just I, I don't know. I, I will agree with you. There's not a lot of competition in that in that market, especially because Exile owned it so well for so long. Uh, yeah. But I mean, LDH uh, has that specific market on lock for yeah for that that thing. I mean, the closest would be. No, I think it is Dice. Dice would probably be the yeah. only other outlier of that, to be honest. Yeah. And they're they're and they they chilled out quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, uh yeah, Dice could corner that but they're also under the same record. I mean, obviously LDH is a subgroup of Avex, but uh they're they're all under the no. same record label. No, they're not. <laughs> Avex doesn't own them. <laughs> I thought Oh, I thought Avex owned LDH. Oh, I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> LDH decides to go with Avex because it's they they are smart enough to know the market. But oh. if they wanted to, if they wanted to, LDH could stand on its own. <laughs> oh, I, I did not know that. Okay, cool. Um, I've learned something today. Thank you, Ken. Uh, but yeah, uh, I mean, we'll we'll see what Black Iris does. I I think. I I like like I said I think they could do some really good stuff. Um, they have potential. They have great vocals. It's just I, I think the composition is going to have to be right. I think they're going to have to. And I will say I think like the boy group as much as I like boy groups uh, <laughs> and, and and go seeking them out. Uh, you know if you're in but the, you like a you like a specific type of I do of. Boy, you're more the boy idol group. This is dance vocal group. I don't yes. even call them a boy group. It's a dance That's vocal group. That's what they're being dubbed as. And you know, for for like the, the 
you have to kind of specify that, unfortunately. Yeah, no, and, and that's fair because I mean, it's twelve. It's a twelve-member group. Uh, Black Iris is so you know they're they're you know they are beyond what a what I what to me what a boy group is because you know that and that's what I you know I I do agree with you. I'm more of a I uh, idol guy because you know they're more vocal compositions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just counted the dudes. Twelve. Uh, eleven. Uh, the 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 guy in the yellow jacket is holding a record label with a face on it, and I think I counted. Yeah, that looks like that looks like yeah. The thing in his hand probably will throw you off. But yeah, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, the point is that there are a little bit of a bigger group that you would be more attuning to compared compared to other groups. Yeah, I'm interested to see what what they do next, especially after going uh, major. Uh, like, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they they kind of come out of left field and hit number five. Like they got potential. I, I genuinely believe that. So it's just. Well, I mean, nothing else was really. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a slow week. Uh, I will I will agree with that too. Uh, but you know, if they tap into that potential, I think they could. I mean, I, I don't know if they'll ever be as big as you know like Johnny's or something. But you know, they can they they could still be. I mean, no uh, one's going to be big as Johnny's. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, they, they could be um, like a Dice, like, you know, in that same headspace as Dice or one of the junior exile groups. Like, I, I think they could compete well in that if they if they do it right, if they have the right approach. So we'll, we'll think, see if they can do that. I, I think Stardust Productions is a good bar to reach first <laughs> before we we get oh, that's true too. That, that's true too. heavy there <laughs> but you know it the future is still bright for them so who knows i mean this is only their second release overall this is their first debuting album or debuting single so you know they still have a lot more to to a compass here and you know who knows we might be loving their next release I, I highly doubt it, but <laughs> you know, here yeah. we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never know. I would, I would love to love their next release. Uh, yeah, because you know, that's more music I get to listen to. But <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll regardless, see. regardless, headshot sold the lovely twenty four thousand six hundred and ninety six points here, and going on up to number four is Butter by BTS. Give me my BTS meal, McDonald's, please. That's all there for now. This week is sold a lovely 27,697 points here. Going on up to number three, it is Beetlejuice by Yuri. This week it's a lovely 27,882 points here. And, you know, going on up to number two, it is King New with Ichizu and... Uh, Sakayume and you know not really much there we can say about this that we haven't really said before you know it, it sold well at number two again at 81,745 points here probably because of um, Jujutsu Kaisen's movie I think that's what this is yeah no I, I agree I, I think it's uh, tied to the the Jujutsu Kaisen, because uh, yeah, it's the I think theme it's for that Jujutsu Kaisen Zero or something like that. I'm yeah, sure. uh, yeah, it's um, it's a uh, pro. Uh, I, I would assume prologue. 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 <laughs> I couldn't. Remember, I couldn't remember which one was before and after epilogue or prologue. It's a prologue for the uh, the, the series anime series as a whole. Uh, and there's uh they, they turned the movie into four chapters of, of manga and so if you want to read it you can you know you can go on your shonen jump app and read um the zero chapters uh it's four chapters well, i mean i mean i have no interest in jujitsu kaisen but yeah that, that's yeah. there <laughs> yeah it's, it's, i'm just saying if you're listening to the show and you're interested it's there for you but um yeah. I, I read it. I, I liked it. I, I'm Because I read it, I'm not that interested in the movie. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it'll be good. Uh, Wouldn't you want to watch it animated, though? I will I will say the guy the guy that does the... Um, like, the one of the things about Jujutsu Kaisen is the fight scenes don't flow right. Like, it's really hard to, to follow the fight 
scene. So the the anime is way better for that. So yeah, I'll like I'll probably still watch the anime. Just I I don't know if I'm going to go catch it in theaters. I'll probably wait till it comes out on Blu-ray or something and watch it then. Hmm. But regardless, this week it sold the lovely eighty-one thousand seven hundred and forty-five points here, and going on up to number one, it is Zankyo Sanka and Asaga Kuru by Imer. So this is the the entire gambit of I, I totally forgot the anime series uh, Yaiba Demon Slayer. There we go. <laughs> That shows you how much I really care about anime. <laughs> that I can't even remember the biggest anime that is reaching across this universe right now. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? You, you know, you, sh- you should you should know about the great existence of Demon Slayer. Uh, yeah, no, this I'm glad to see this come out. I, I will say, uh, Zankyo Sanka is. Uh, really starting to grow on me a bit. I, I still don't know if I, I love the song or if I'll go out and... Uh, it's it's kind of just there, and yeah. it's like, yeah, no, I understand its appeal, but eh, kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think Asaga Kudu has the chops to be there, but then again, when you think of it like as an ending, you're just like, eh. <laughs> yeah, it... I, it, it to me, uh, Asaga Kuru, it's not a bad song. I think it's it it does the job it's supposed to do, I, I think is a good way to put it. Uh, but yeah. it's one of those songs, like, it feels like it's doing a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which it's isn't just to entertain you it's at just all. It's just, it's just like, oh, hey, it's, it's, doing, it's doing its job. And I'm like, okay, that, that, that might be a problem with it because it should be entertaining no matter what. Uh, but well, I mean, also, uh, people just tune out from the endings anyway. Yeah, <laughs> you, yeah, yeah. As as a guy who you know loves you know the second ending to My Hero Academia, I could tell you I tune out the moment <laughs> that song comes on when I'm watching the show because it's like yeah, I just care more about the next episode than I really do the ending theme. Uh, but yeah. there are some people who genuinely you know love the opening and ending themes and just you know it's like it's, like it's part of the experience for them. Uh, more power to them. Uh, me, I've, I was I was that dirt I was that dirty guy where if I was into a show and I had to know what happens next, you bet your darn butt I'm skipping those opening and endings because they're in the way. <laughs> like I want to know what happens next. Uh, I can I can go back and appreciate uh, and call, them later. And you call yourself an anime I, fan. I, I, I am I'm a heathen. Don't you know this? <laughs> I'm a heathen. Oh. Throwing the you know the the power of Christ propels you to juice through the. <laughs> No, no. I will say there are some anime openings that are so good. Yeah, even I mean, even, we've talked about this. Then, our, yeah. our, our enti- we 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 had a topic about this. Yeah, which would remind us that we should revisit one of those topics of the the anime endings for for specifically. That, that would us, be really but, good. That would be good. But you know, regardless, it it does its job. I'm kind of thankful that you know the full release of this is out there because you know. Even if it wasn't, I, I'm just not a fan of of Yaiba to be like, yeah, no, I gotta get every release. And you know, unfortunately, Imer got foot the bill with this, and I, I that stigma of it just really did not help it for me personally. You know, Zankyo uh, Sanka, regardless, and uh, Asaga Kudu sold wonderfully. It, it, it sold over 100,000 copies, which I think is probably one of Imer's biggest gets. Let me just double-check that. No, I, I beg you sold more, but it, it's one of her, her bigger gets in a long time, I think. So, it, you know, working out with, the, with Yaiba really helped her, so there, there is that. But real fast, let's kind of look over to the albums real fast here. You know, you got Macaroni and Pizza's latest album, Happy and A No, uh, Kimawa, uh, Kitetsuwa, I believe that's it. I'm just kind of eyeballing the kanji here. But, um, you know, their latest album here sold wonderful at number eight. You (laughs) You got the album release of kepler first impact on here i think it's an old one so obviously it went down so maybe that's why you know kepler's 
new tracks started showing up here. You got City by Stones at number four, so good good for him. You know, you also got Yuri's one. You got Yuri's album Ichi at at number three. So you know, congratulations for Yuri, and you got you know the Korean FFN with their Dimension Answer album at number one. You know, all did well. All did well. Regardless, I want to say thank you for listening to this wonderful episode of Ungaku to You. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Ungaku to You. You can find more where we talk about the Japanese music industry on our website at ungakudu.com. And be sure to check out our latest interview with Warps Up. We had the wonderful chance to talk to Warps Up. And, you know, we we talked to two of the members. Two of the members is the Chinese members, uh, Lang Yi and Ming Jun. And they were phenomenal. They were really interesting. And some of the answers that we got from them are are something that I, I really enjoyed looking over. So be sure to check that out on our website. You can follow our affiliates, Koryu Hunter, who is a retro Twitch streamer. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash Koryu Hunter, K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also check out our affiliate, TimberTaff, who is in the middle of Hitmanuary, going through all the Hitman games. I believe he's slowly getting onto Hitman 3 fairly soon. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTaff, T-I-M-B-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out Luna's sister Rose, who is going through all the giggles and gaggles of Final Fantasy XIV. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash rainstarkitty, R-A-I-N-S-T-A-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also check out our affiliate Fangirl Has No Name, who is a variety streamer in and of herself. And you can check her out at twitch.tv slash fangirlhasnoname, F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast that me, Timber, Kyo, and Fangirl does called Podosaurus. And we'll probably be talking about the fallout of Microsoft's purchase to Active Blizzard. So you can probably hear all of our lovely pot shot takes at that. If you want to look that up, just check out Koryu Hunter on all podcast streaming services. It's the same as his Twitch handle. You can follow me on Twitter at OTYKen1 where I talk about Bang Dream, Ainaibao, Robocohead, Robo, and all the lovely giggles and giggles from that. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me on Twitter at OngakuGray, where I talk about what I'm watching and what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. If you're interested in what I'm up to, just follow me there. And you can also follow Luna at LunaMarie87 on Twitter and Instagram as well. But yeah, I want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ongakudu. I'm your host, Ken, saying thank you very much and have a great day. Aloha. And this is great. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll be right back here next week. Bye-bye.